Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. LMFM Sunday Sport. With thanks to the LMFM app. Download for free now and take us with you everywhere you go. So Barry, thanks so much for taking the time. It's a it's an area that's, you know, gotten a lot of coverage in recent times. It feels like this, you know, crucial ligament injury situation has been with us for, for quite a while, not just in GEA but in, in rugby as well, I suppose mainly. But just from the GEA point of view, the, the comments from Michael Dygan this week obviously awfully have suffered quite a few uh, cruciate injuries uh, this year, and he he says that it's something he thinks is is on the rise. Would would that be something you'd agree with? Would you say that there's a, not quite an epidemic, but would you say that these kind of injuries are becoming more and more common? Certainly, it's an injury that we're seeing more and more of. Unfortunately, um, definitely in the last two to three years, uh, we've even had uh, suppose conversations here uh, in house that uh, there seems to be more and more people presenting, and more and more younger athletes as well. Uh, so anything from the age of 15, 16 up, which obviously given the nature of the, I suppose that the length of the, the rehab, it's, it's quite a big, uh, thing for a person of that age to have to deal with. So we've seen probably a lot more, uh, of younger athletes, uh, I suppose the ones in relation that Michael Dignan was referring to, I suppose it's more than maybe the under twenties and, and senior level, uh, which were obviously seen plenty of those too. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, one of the things that was quite striking was the, the age profile, uh, of the ACL injuries that we're seeing. Um, so yeah, I, I would, while, while the injury, the GA injury surveillance database has been looking at injuries, uh, across, I suppose, GA sports the last number of years. Um, to my knowledge, you know, they, they can give you the, the, the breakdown on knee injuries, foot and ankle injuries, but, uh, I'm not aware that there's specifically uh, a clear breakdown on on ACL specifically within that knee profile. And so, you, uh, I'm sorry, you've come across here. Why do you think you're seeing a rise? Is, is that that's probably a hard thing to to put your finger on? Is it? Yeah, you can't say categorically it's one particular thing. Uh, I I think in general, um, I suppose the the nature of the game over the last, if you take over the last, say, 20, 25, 30 years, the game has changed and evolved quite a lot. Uh, the demands on players has changed an awful lot in terms of, you know, we're, we're faster, we're quicker, we're more powerful, we're more agile. Uh, and obviously that has been worked on in, in, in a, in a gym setting and on the field. Uh, but with that, I suppose, comes greater risk as well in that, you know, some some players are maybe better conditioned than others, um, and you know you, you can never you know you, you talk about injury um, 
risk reduction as opposed to injury prevention. We can't prevent every single injury. Uh, it'd be great if we could. Uh, but a big part of our role is, I suppose, advising players and athletes on how you can reduce that risk. And there are a number of studies um, out there, and we know from uh, quite a, a body of, of evidence that there are ways that we can reduce the risk, uh, but obviously we can't eliminate it 100%. Um, going back to what you were just asking there about, the, you know, I suppose, what, why are we seeing maybe an increase in, in GA? If you look at the frequency of maybe training now compared to what it was 10 years ago, uh, what what's expected of players in terms of fixtures, everything else, there's a number of different factors there. Um, and I suppose the question is, are, are we ad- adequately training our bodies on the field for the actual d- the demands of the sport? Uh, it's a multi-directional sport, even when you compare it to, to rugby, uh, if you compare it to other field sports, there's probably a greater element of pivoting and twisting on a repetitive basis. Uh, now I know obviously the, the, the rugby and, and, and soccer would have their fair share of that, but uh, I, I would I kind of feel that there's a greater degree of it in in Gaelic games, both football and hurling. And for people, I guess maybe to, to go back to the basic principle here, for people that aren't familiar with with cruciate ligaments and and the makeup of the knee, could you maybe just give us a, a brief sort of run through on what the what role they 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 play and and why they're so important and why when an injury like that happens, it's it's such a serious setback for a player. Yeah, so um, the ACL, uh, there's two cruciate ligaments. There's the ACL and the PCL. The ACL is the one that we, I suppose, hear about the most. The PCL will be. Less frequently injured, um, but can be managed uh, conservatively. Uh, in that, in not not in all cases is uh, surgery required for that. So the SCL is, is the one that we all hear when when we hear people referring to, to cruciate, mm. and it's a small ligament that's one of one of the main stabilising ligaments in the knee. Uh, its role is to stop the tibia or the shin bone from translating forward too far. So, um, typically the mechanism by which the ACL is injured, uh, can be on deceleration. So when we're, you know, basically going full tilt and then jamming on the brakes and we don't have adequate control to, to stop efficiently or to decelerate efficiently. Um, landing will be another mechanism. So where we land, you often see someone landing awkwardly and the knee buckling underneath them again, not able to, uh, handle the forces. Uh, that are that are going through the knee at that particular instant, um, so, uh, and so and obviously twisting, twisting and turning or uh, cutting uh, would be probably the main uh, or the, the other the other uh, the third mechanism mm-hmm. if you like. So for the amount of force that's going through the knee in each of those movements, the ACL is a very small um, piece of tissue there to do quite a big job, and you know as we've evolved as humans, where we were obviously started out as hunter gatherers uh, and and uh, the the ACL was was uh, was there to do a job uh, football in Ireland wasn't really uh, on the horizon no. in that regard and we ha- we haven't really evolved over time sufficiently to be able to adapt to i suppose the the, the speed at which the the game has evolved um so i that's again something i think is is uh, part of that um if we look at even from a coaching and uh strength and conditioning elements, there's a lot of emphasis obviously on on speed development and acceleration. Um 
And I suppose the question is, is there enough emphasis being placed on how to decelerate effectively? Uh, because we do know that that is the phase in which a lot of the injuries are happening. Mm. So in order for us to change direction, we typically need to decelerate before that. Um, so it, that's that's something that I think perhaps, uh, you know, there there is research there to show that there's uh, certain programs in, in netball and in handball that have reduced uh, injury risk, uh, Scandinavian studies that have reduced injury risk, uh, looking at landing mechanics, uh, how to land more efficiently, and something, learning how to actually um, develop that skill of landing more effectively, that we're not putting the knee under as much pressure and using other elements of the, the kinetic chain, so the foot and ankle, the hip, uh, how we're placing our trunk. And yeah. there is a lot of research there in, in that aspect uh, in the rehabilitation of ACL injuries. Um, but, you know, trying to get buy-in from players to work on this uh, prior to getting an ACL injury, it's, it's a lot easier to get buy-in when it has to be done. Yeah. But when somebody's getting on fine and they're not injured, trying to place an emphasis on that and to get buy-in with that can be difficult. Yeah, and it's it's not an injury, I guess, that's – you wouldn't necessarily associate an ACL injury with fatigue, right? But I'm, I'm just trying to think of, you know, if, clearly if a player is tired, then they're more likely to, to, to do something uh, that they wouldn't normally do in terms of maybe the way they land or the way they're – you know, when, when a bit of fatigue sets in, something, yeah. might not, something might not work as it should, and maybe then you're more exposed to an injury. But is there any, is there any way to reduce the, the – the, the risk of it, because what you were saying there a little bit earlier was interesting about the injury database. And I remember a number of years ago, I can't remember which county it was, but basically they were saying that the management team from the previous year had gone, and with them, the whole lot of them, physio and everything, and with them went all the information they had on the players. So even within counties, there was no kind of database of players from what lads were doing from one year to the next in terms of maybe what injuries were being carried or little niggles. And obviously, if it's a serious injury, if a lad breaks a leg, the new management coming in is going to know about this. But if there's something maybe that's behind the scenes that people don't know about, it's a little niggle, maybe they're not as aware of that. And maybe that could be an issue where if something was known, that they might be able to tailor the training plan a little bit. But again, we have to remember, and you would know this, you were involved yourself for a while, that the GEA isn't the Premier League. There isn't a mass of medical people in the background. There isn't the money to do that. So... I guess what the players are being asked to do versus the care and the level of expertise they're getting back, is is that maybe a part of the problem as well? Because they're being trained, as you said, to a very high level. They're being put under huge pressure. But maybe the, the, the finances really, as much as anything, aren't there to provide the medical care that would be required to, to sort of stave off these injuries. Is that Would that be an unfair comment, do you think? Um, yeah, I probably wouldn't agree with that entirely, <laughs> um, to be honest. Um, and I think... I, I agree with you that you know, obviously funding for different things is is perhaps not as you know in, in uh, compared to professional sports, but I, I actually think that the standard and the level of care that players are getting at intercounty level is is actually on a par, even though the, the resources might be there. The people that are working there with them uh, are highly skilled and highly knowledgeable, and um, yeah, I, I actually think that the level of care in that regard is actually quite good. Mm. Um, and coming back to your point about fatigue, that definitely is a factor. Um, load management, you know, players that are fatigued are more likely what we would call will have, you know, developed reduced neuromuscular control. So what that is is where if the muscles uh, and, and the cardiovascular system is, is starting to fatigue and get tired, coordination, reaction time, all that kind of thing starts to drop. And we, we know that that's a factor that's been shown. 
So that definitely is a factor, um, you know, uh, and something that, you know, it needs to be considered in terms of managing players' load, uh, keeping an eye on, you know, how they're moving. And that's where the coaches and the medical staff come in. Um, and a lot of monitoring would be done um, by medical teams uh, in terms of keeping an eye on, you know, I suppose how players are performing, uh, if they're fatigued. And obviously, as you said, as you rightly pointed out yourself, adjusting the type of training that they're doing. And, you know, obviously, the 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 medical teams are reliant on management. Um, you know, buying into that as well, yeah. and, and and facilitating that. And I, I certainly, from my own experience, uh, that has been quite good. Um, and I would like to think that's the case in in other counties as well. Uh, but obviously, I can only speak for our own. And I I think uh, I, I think a good job is being done on on that front for sure. Mm. Um, they, they just to, I just wanted to mention uh, on your your point about the continuity from say one backroom team being being going and another coming in, uh, and I, I think in me that it, it, it's been um, been fortunate that it's been an element to carry over there where there hasn't been a complete uh, changeover. There's always been maybe one or two people involved over the last probably ten twelve years that yeah. there has been a handover if you like. Uh, and I know a lot of work has been done at the moment in Mead, uh, in developing a database in, in over the last two to three years in particular, um, looking at all the, the age grade squads the whole way down and having a kind of like a player passport there. So there's definitely right. work being done and that's being developed uh, as we speak. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. And is that something, again, because we go back to the Michael Dignan comments, he was saying that maybe it's something that needs to be looked at on a national scale. And I know you mentioned the, the database a little bit earlier on. I think you said, though, it doesn't necessarily go into the minute detail about the type of injury. It might just say a knee injury, an ankle injury, whatever it might be. But would something at, at national level like that, and again, maybe we'd be into the world of GDPR and everything else, but would that be useful? And do you think that's something that, you'd, you know, would be something you'd like to see coming in that, People, you know, med- not not every Joe Soap can go on and see this, obviously, but medical professionals and the likes yourself could go in and, uh, from the purposes of research even as well, it'd be an interesting and a useful tool to have. You would think. You would think. Yeah, well, as, 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 as to my knowledge, that is that is the case, and it is there. Uh, I haven't been uh, involved in the in the men's uh, 
backroom team for the last couple of years, so I can't say categorically on that. But to my knowledge, that is being uh, led by the, the medical um, wing of, of the GA and, and a, you know, a number of counties are feeding information into that. Uh, I know some counties aren't, and there's obviously an element of, as you said, uh, data protection concerns. There you go, oh, yeah. You <laughs> know, uh, is a player in or is a player out this weekend kind of thing. <laughs> so I, I think that's maybe a little bit of a challenge. In, but I, I think in general, um, there's, there's good work being done there. And obviously, before you can, can draw any conclusions, you do need a, a body of data there over a number of years. Mm. So, um, but certainly from our own, uh, I suppose, experience here in, in, in the clinic, looking at, you know, m- meeting uh, people presenting with ACL injuries, we're definitely seeing more, uh, unfortunately, and uh, it's, it's definitely becoming more and more common. You know, there's probably at any one time, you probably have, I'm, again, I don't have, this is not a statistic, but I would imagine in most clubs, there's probably at least one person in any given year that right. is either coming back from an ACL injury, picks up an ACL injury, or mm. is, yeah, is, is in some way uh, in that rehab process. Yeah, because I was thinking about it earlier in the week when we when I said we were going to have this chat. And, I mean, when I was growing up, you had an injury. I think the first time I ever heard the word cruciate was when Paul Gascoigne tried to take uh, Gary Charles and <laughs> cut him in two in the cup final in 1991. I'm not sure if you're old enough to remember that one, but that was the first time I heard the cruciate knee ligament injury. And I mean, Colin O'Rourke played his whole career with the knee bandage on, which I presume was related to that. But at the time it was just knee injuries, Pat Spillane likewise. And I, you know, we didn't actually know what the, the, the detail of it was, but so I kind of thought maybe, maybe that's part of it as well, that they were, they were quite common back then as well, but. We just didn't use the same terminology as we do now. But from what you're saying, it's obviously on the rise. There was one other thing I wanted to, to touch on because I was watching Derry City and Sligo Rovers in the League of Ireland there a couple of weeks back, and two of the Derry players, or sorry, two of the Sligo players, have to go off in quick succession with what looked like kind of twisting injuries, basically. One of them, and it turns out that they both suffered serious ankle ligament uh, damage, and that's a, a 4G pitch, as you know. So the other question I wanted to ask was, does the surface? Uh, increase the risk of picking up an injury. We know you can catch your studs in, in turf as well, but do AstroTurf pitches present more of a risk, do you think, than, than grass pitches? Um, to, it, it, I suppose, if, if rather than taking my, just, uh, I suppose, take my opinion out of this, uh, in relation to, to my knowledge, the research has shown that there is no difference. Um, there's, there's mixed research. Obviously, some certain studies are more powerful than others in terms of yeah. looking over a greater period of time and greater sample size. But, um, to my knowledge, uh, of the research out there, there isn't any significant, uh, evidence to show that there's a difference. Now, I would personally find for the likes of tendon injuries, uh, that the astroturf is less, uh, you know, less, uh, friendly to the, to, to people that are dealing with tendon injuries, but that's a mm. whole different story altogether. Mm. But in relation to ACL injuries, uh, I'm not aware that there is strong evidence to suggest that there's a difference. Right, fair enough. Um, on that, you know, is that it's, and, and, you know, going back to your point about, um, ACL injuries and, and, you know, what was referred to as a dodgy knee and the reason maybe why somebody retired. Uh, I suppose the diagnostics, um, of, you know, have improved in the last 20, 25 years since yeah. Pat's plan and column. And, and, you know, um, again, the demands of twisting and turning has been greater. And a lot of people can manage without an ACL if they're 
uh, running in straight lines. And yeah, uh, you, you could argue that in the late eighties and, and the early nineties that everyone ran in straight lines and went <laughs> through brick walls as well. So, um, you know, there wasn't as much maybe twisting and turning, but um, no, that's that's a very general comment. Yeah, but, yeah. Uh, you, you, you know what I mean. It, yeah, it, yeah. It, it, the game has changed, and you know, even now people can manage with an, without an ACL, and there are players who are playing. Uh, Gaelic football that I know of that have uh, no ACL and they haven't had a reconstruction but right. those, few, those few people are few and far between Right. Um, okay. but the vast majority of people will require a reconstruction Just very final point then and you touched on it earlier as well around getting buy-in from players to to, to try different things that might reduce the, the issue and as, as you said when the injury happens they're all about you know trying to do anything to, to mitigate it and to get back again but is there anything then that that can be done to, to reduce the risk. I'm sure there are things. You said there, you know, any any kind of contact sport where there's twisting, turning, acceleration, deceleration, you're never going to remove the risk of injury. Obviously, we know that. But what would you say, you know, players can do and, you know, management and, and backroom teams and, and medical people and everything else working together with players, what would you say can be done to, to try and maybe reduce that a little bit? So maybe if we're talking in two or three years' time, you know, you're not seeing the numbers that you're currently seeing. Yeah, so the, the, the GA have come out with a, again, I know some of my physio colleagues have been involved in, in developing the, the GA15, which is a, a an injury risk reduction warm-up. Uh, there's also Ulster Council have a, an activated GA warm-up. And uh, there's components within that looking at landing mechanics, uh, looking at some plyometric movements as well. And the idea is that that's done as part of a warm before every training session, before every pitch session. So therefore, there's an element of the players developing uh, better movement mechanics. Uh, and that's once it's integrated uh, within the training session, it's obviously easier to get consistency with players doing that. And I think that's one of the key things is to try to integrate it into what's been done already. So uh, that's based, both of those programs are based off the FIFA 11 which, again, is a, 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 um, a warm-up uh, developed by FIFA for the same reason, to, to reduce injury risk. So that was one, one aspect. Um, obviously, getting stronger, uh, getting, getting strong in the right areas, so the likes of the strength and conditioning element in the gym, um, I suppose I would have a preference for, for from it, looking at it from the point of the ACL uh, injury risk reduction element, is doing a lot more single leg work. So right. rather than double leg squats and deadlifts, while they're important for the game, uh, an element of single leg strength work, single leg control and stability is is a key component there as well. And movement variability. So, you know, everything, if you typically look at a gym program, it's very much structured and it's a structured movement. Uh, but then when you go out in the pitch, we're getting into awkward positions. We're getting into positions that we're not typically doing in the gym. So the more variability that we can have uh, to our movement and developing the ability to control into those awkward positions means that we're better conditioned and better able for it then when we find ourselves in those positions on the field. So they will be probably the three key things, that the, the warm-up, um, again, looking at the, the components of the type of gym work that's been done mm. and movement variability. So, again, integrating that into what's been done both on the, on the field and in in the gym room as well.
Absolutely. Listen, Barry, that's been brilliant and really interesting to get your views on it. Let's hope that you see, uh, although I suppose it's, I hate to say it's good for business, but let's hope you see a few, uh, a few lesser, less lads coming in with, uh, with the ACLs in the next couple of years. But, uh, you know, absolutely. We don't, we don't relish seeing anybody get injured like that, uh, particularly not for a, a long-term injury like that. It's, it's a, it's a tough journey and particularly for, for GA players who are involved, used to being involved in a, a team environment. Yeah. Um. It's 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 a lonely uh, it's a lonely journey for that for that year effectively. So we definitely toast any uh, any joy in seeing that, and we we would we'd rather be helping people to try and reduce that risk. So uh, that's that's part of our job as well. Absolutely. Listen, Barry. Thanks very much. It's been really interesting to get your views on it. Thanks very much. David. Cheers. LMFM Sunday Sport. With thanks to the LMFM app, download for free now and take us with you everywhere you go. 